Well, what's going on, good people? It's your boy, Sean, coming to you for another edition of The Young and the Righteous. Uh, wasn't feeling too hot last week. I live in Austin, Texas, and so those allergies jumped on me, something fierce, but I'm back and doing all right. And so good to, I was about to say good to see y'all, but good to hope that you're listening today. I want to spend a little bit of time uh, looking at really just kind of like walking through the story of Scripture. So we're actually going to start in Genesis Uh Today, I know we talked about kind of hopping around a bit, but I really felt like, you know, to kind of give some organization for y'all as you listen in, and I think for what God could say to and through me, I think even this podcast, it'd be good to kind of have some order. So I want to take a look at Genesis, in particular Genesis chapter 12. Um, If you're unfamiliar with the story of Scripture, or if you've never kind of like looked at the meta-narrative, the broad story of Scripture as a whole, we see in the beginning of God creating the heavens and the earth. He forms the earth on those first couple of days, and then he fills it. He forms the sky, the land, and the water, and then he fills it with animals, with birds, uh, with fish, and with people. We see that, and then we see God create Adam and Eve, and we focus in on this family completely, and we track them through the generations. We see when uh, men lose their minds and just start marrying all the pretty women. I think Genesis 6 says, and the Lord is like, I'm done with that. I'm a holler child, and just floods the earth. And we kind of zoom out in Genesis uh, chapters 10 and 11, where we look at uh, the table of nations and just this global call that uh, God has to fill the earth with his image and how people really rebel against that. In Genesis 11, they try to make a name for themselves and say in one spot. And so God confuses their language in order to get them to move around the world. Uh, If you have a colonized theology, then you will assume that what we see in Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel is a curse, that God uh, curses the world with diversity. And that's not true. God blesses the world with diversity because they were not being obedient to him. God wanted people to move around the world. And he knew that when we went to different locations, we would have to adapt to the different climates and topography and geographic locations. And so we would have different skin pigmentations based on the sunlight that comes out. He knew that we would adapt uh, different cultures and language and food. And all of that gives God glory. Uh, That's what we see happening in the Tower of Babel. That diversity is not a problem to be solved. It's a song to be sung. Uh, God has always had a diverse world from different types of plants, different types of animals, different types of people, different types of land that exist, different types of soil, different types of butterflies. God is all about the differences. There is not one thing that can contain all of who he is. He's even triune in himself. Sorry, I got Baptist. All right. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. So (laughs) diversity has always been a not a problem to be solved, but a song to be sung. We see that at the end of chapter 11 of Genesis, that God uh, gives the world multiple languages in order for them to go forward and to be obedient to him, to be fruitful and to multiply. How was that for just three minutes in? That was a crash course. If you want me to go back and talk more about that, leave a like or a comment. Hit us on social media and let us know, and I'll happily go back and say more about those things. But all of that was a backdrop from where I'm trying to get. I want to ask y'all a question. Um, Why does Abraham take Lot with him? Why does Abraham take Lot with him? That's the question I want to pose to you this morning. If you're unfamiliar with the story at all, I'm talking about Genesis chapters 12, 13, and 14. Uh, and really probably on up to 18 and 19 as well. Uh, but we'll probably only just for today, uh, probably stop at 14. So 
What I mean by that, why does Abraham take a lot with him? Uh, Abraham is the father of three world religions. Uh, Christianity, Judaism, and the Muslim faith all trace their ancestry back to Abram. Uh, this brother is a pioneer uh, in the world of understanding who God is. And so what we see in Genesis chapter 12 is that God tells him, leave your country, your family, and your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. Leave the country in which you live, leave your immediate family, and leave your extended family and go to another location. I want you to step into a cross-cultural situation. I want you to step into displacement where every place you go for the rest of your life is a cross-cultural conversation. I am inviting you to be misunderstood for the rest of your life. That's what God says to Abram in Genesis 12. And of course, you get that sevenfold promise. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. Whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever tries to uh, curse you, I will come at thee like never before. Uh, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so that's the call on Abram's life. And the Bible says that he left as the Lord told him. Verse four from chapter 12. And so Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Now, remember what we just said. God said, leave your country, your family and your father's household. Lot is Abraham's nephew. Why doesn't he stop this boy from going with him? Now, some of y'all are like, Sean, you tripping. What's the big deal? Well, why am I asking that question? The very next chapter in Genesis chapter 13, the Bible says that Abram and Lot separate. They've got two big crews, two big posses, two big, uh, I don't know, gangs. It's like falling around uh, everywhere. And so they start to fight. Like they're fighting over whales, they're fighting over women, they're fighting over cattle. Like they're just not getting along at all. And so Abram tells him, he tells his nephew Lot, look, look left and look right. Pick a place because this ain't working. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. But you pick a spot, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. We got to separate. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to make it. The land will be able to hold both of us. What most missiologists and historians agree on, and I agree with them too, is that when Abraham tells his nephew, look left or look right, he's really telling him, look north or look south, north to Israel or south to Judah. Abraham is willing to divide the promised land with somebody who is not supposed to be there. And the reasons why, let this stay in for a minute. The reasons why they say like his left and right is really north and south because of Lot's answer. Lot, the Bible says, does not look left or look right. He looks east to Sodom. He says that's what it reminds him of. It reminds him of the Garden of Eden, and so he decides to go east. He doesn't even look in the direction his, his uncle tells him. And so most of us agree. Abram's like, hey, brother, look north to what will be Israel or look south to what will be Judah. You pick a spot, and I'll give it to you. Abram is dividing the promised land with someone who is not supposed to be there. You have to be careful who you let in your life. You have to be careful who you let go with you on the journey that God has you on. Because if you are not careful, the wrong person at the wrong time and the wrong place in your life will make you try to divide what God has given to you or what God wants to be able to give to you. He is willing to sacrifice the call that God has given to him because somebody who is not supposed to be there is following him. Why does Abram take Lot with him? That's chapter 13. Chapter 13 ends with uh, the Bible saying that Lot pitches his tent near Sodom. Chapter 14 rolls around. We've got the first world war that takes place. We've got four kings versus five, and the four kings beat the five, and the Bible says that they carry off everything 
That I mean, they ransack Sodom. They take everything that was in the city, including Abraham's nephew Lot, because he was living in Sodom at the time. Don't miss that. If you Baptist, that was your shout cue right there. At the end of 13, he's living next to Sodom. In chapter 14, he's living in Sodom. See, you can't live next to foolishness because at some point you're going to be living in foolishness. It's right there in the text. And so what happens? Um, they carry off uh, everybody that was in Sodom, all of this stuff. And Abraham, again, he risks his life. He, he takes 318 of his trained men. And this brother goes off like he's an Avenger, like he's a Power Ranger, like he's an X-Man. He takes a posse with him and they go and they fight and they rescue Lot and bring this brother back. So let's recap. God says, leave your country, your family, your father's household in Genesis 12. And his nephew goes with him. Well, that's not what God said. Uh, I mean, that's a violation of what God said. The very next chapter, chapter 13, he's getting ready to divide the promised land with somebody that's not supposed to be there. Chapter 14, he risks his life to go rescue his brother. Remember, Abram ain't got no kids yet. He's not even Abraham. He's still Abram. He ain't got no kids yet. God has not fulfilled any promises to him yet. And he is risking his life. He is willing to divide the promised land. He is sacrificing what God has put in his heart and life to do because he has the wrong person in his life. So my sisters and brothers, I ask you, why does Abraham take Lot with him? That's the question on the young and the righteous today. I want to know your thoughts. I've been sitting in this for like a decade. Let me tell you what I think. And then, hey, like I said, hit us back on social media. Hit us back on Twitter. Hit us back on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Um, subculture. We out here in these holy streets, you know, so let us know. Um, here's what I think. The story of this family doesn't begin really in Genesis 12. It begins in Genesis 11 with the account of Terah. Terah is Abraham's father. The Bible says that uh, Terah is the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran is the father of Lot. We don't have much details, but all we do know is at some point, uh, Haran is killed. He dies very early. Uh, the Bible also says that Terah, his grandfather, Lot's grandfather, lives 205 years and he dies uh, in this city named Haran. His dad is named Haran. His grandfather named the city after his son after he dies. And so Haran dies and then Terah, the grandfather, dies. And so what it looks like is uh, Lot only has two male figures in his life. He's got Abram and he's got Nahor. Now, we don't know about their relationship at all with Nahor, but clearly his uncle Abram means something to him. Uh, and I think that's one part of the reasons why Lot goes with his uncle. Uh, he is thirsty for a father figure. Uh, that's a different kind of a thirst trap. <laughs> he's thirsty for a father figure in his life. He needs a male role model. His grandfather has died. His father has died. And Abram uh, is a successful businessman. He's got some cattle. He's got sheep. He's got some wealth. Abram is one of the richest men in the Bible. And for whatever reasons, Lot did not want to leave that relationship behind. But still, you've got to be careful of the people who try to follow you. Uh, I don't think that there's anything sinister about Lot wanting to follow his uncle. But the problem is, uh, God told him to leave all those things behind. And because Lot comes along, uh, he forces Abraham to make some unnecessary sacrifices that put his life and the call of God on his life in jeopardy. Uh, there's a passage of scripture, I think it's in 2 Samuel, uh, where, uh, actually no, it's in 1 Samuel, 
where um, Saul has been rejected as king and the prophet Samuel comes up to him and he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Old folks say uh, sac uh, obedience is often that which, no, I'm sorry. Old folks say sacrifice is often that which obedience could have prevented. Sacrifice is often that which obedience could have prevented. Abraham is sacrificing some stuff that if he just would have been obedient, he wouldn't have to give up none of this stuff. God, that's true in my own life. Um, and so I think that's part of it. One, uh, Lot needs a father figure in his life and he wants to go with his uncle. Abram loves him, but Abraham does not know how to tell him no. And as a consequence, uh, he suffers greatly or puts his own life in call in jeopardy. The other thing, and this is what I've gotten from folks who are far older than me, uh, when they've studied this passage and they're in their 70s and 80s now, and I've asked them kind of the same question over the years, and they've told me the same thing. And this is what I want to leave you with. Uh, multiple people have told me the same thing. They said, Sean, you're asking the wrong questions. When you look at the text and you look at Abram's disobedience and, and allowing Lot to come with him, you look at Lot's presence in his life and the ways in which Lot um, really causes Abraham to sacrifice his own life and so many other things. So that's, again, to look at it from that perspective is to put people at the center of the story. And what you have to do instead is to remember that the story of the Bible is the story about God. And so we look not at the fact, why did Lot come with Abram? But we look at the fact that ultimately it is God's word that cannot fail. That it does not matter who goes with Lot. I mean, who goes with Abraham? It doesn't matter who Abraham has in his life. Ultimately, God's purposes will prevail and that there is nothing that can happen that can stop Abraham from being the person that God has called and created him to be. I said, leave your country and your family. You take your nephew behind. It may cost you some things, but my ultimate purpose for you will prevail. Uh, and that's what we see going on in the text. And so I say that as a word of encouragement for anybody out there who may be struggling right now and feeling like you've messed up and you've made a mistake and you've compromised the call of God on your life. Uh, God's plans for you are too big to fail. You can't even thwart what God wants to be able to do in your life. Now, it would behoove you to get uh, the trifling folks out of your life because they just add stress to it. I'm a living witness of that. That's been 2019 for me uh, and excavating those people out of my life. But in the midst of that, God's word and God's purpose for your life cannot fail. You can't jack up what God wants to do in your life. So why does Abram take Lot with him? I don't know. You let us know what you think. Uh, hit us back on social media. But in the midst of that, for all the lots you have in your life, let them go like a little love TKO. But if you don't, don't worry. God's got your back. Stay up, fam. I'll holler at you next time.